Hi everyone, my name is Anne Reifenstein and I'm the host of the OutCan Experience, the podcast where Canadian military families share their stories about what life is like living outside Canada. In this episode, we're going to talk about expectations meeting reality and some of the challenges that occur when that happens. Also, we're going to talk about some things that we can do, you know, building your support network and also uh, getting involved in some of the local community. So I hope you'll join us for the rest of the OutCan experience. I definitely had certain expectations of what life would be like in Europe, but they weren't really coherent or based in any sort of reality. It was more along the lines that we would be drinking a lot more really good wine. We would be having these great travel adventures. We'd be getting away every weekend and we'd be doing all of these fabulous things all the time. I really didn't give much thought to the time in between drinking wine and fabulous travel and adventures and weekends. So I didn't really think about what Monday through Friday day-to-day would be like. But that in-between time is where you end up spending most of your time living and adjusting and having a life in Europe. After talking with a bunch of folks, it was really a relief to find out I wasn't the only one who didn't really think about the in-between time and what to expect day-to-day life would be like. Here's Jen talking about some of the challenges that she encountered when she got here. I think the biggest challenge would be managing expectations because like I said whose expectations your own expectations okay uh so you know you you just see the positives when you're going and you don't always think about the negatives so you're moving to a different place completely alone you won't actually know anybody in location so your car breaks down like you need a hand who do you call sometimes right those aren't the things you necessarily consider uh maybe sometimes you just want to like have a good weekend with a really close friend uh, and you can't because they're all the way on the other side of the world. So that's really difficult. Uh, and you don't necessarily always think about those things ahead of time. Uh, and sometimes just managing expectations with regards to the um, <clears throat> how things are done. So the different work ethic uh, within the area that you're in. So you take your car to a garage and you think you're going to have X, Y, and Z done. And then you just get X. And they tell you, pas de souci about Y and Z. And you're like, no. I need X, Y, and Z. Uh, so you need to kind of just understand that, you know, your way of doing things in Canada isn't the same here. Trying to figure out what is pas de souci and what you need to actually be worried about is really hard to do in advance. You usually encounter these differences in approaches to things as you're going through your day-to-day life. Um, Alex actually describes it really well when she talks about being the other. Note of what you said was what was the most um, kind of exciting or positive part, and it sounds strange, but I really enjoy sort of being like the other person here in this environment. I've never had a chance to experience what it is to be um, the other, and I, I really am here, and I love that experience because it's, it's opening my eyes to what other people might be feeling uh, when I go back to Canada, and I have more of an awareness for how it feels to be in a group of people that none of them understand me and I don't understand any of them. And that that hat comes with its own set of real challenges and it has been a challenge for me. Here's Laura's take on settling into life in Europe and how it looks from the outside may not be how it's lived from the inside. 
I, th- I think that one of the things that I people who have been here for a while, I think, get frustrated with is this idea that people back home, your family or other military families wanting out can, it seems idyllic. It seems like an extended vacation. It's such a, you know, a good go. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all good all the time. There are a lot of perks and I would much rather be here than my last posting. <laughs> However, um, it's not extended vacation. What it is, is a posting that has beautiful scenery, but it's really isolating. It's harder than I expected. It doesn't matter that I did it six times before this. It all felt brand new. You know, just when you think you've got to move, an outcan move is is it takes it up to the next level in my mm-hmm. mind. Like, yeah. it, you know, this one goes to 11 because you're yes. just sitting there and it's it's everything's just that little bit harder. And That's it right. takes that little bit longer to kind of try and do what would normally take no time at all. Yeah. You know. And I think if you don't have the language, there are lots of places where people wouldn't speak the language. Here, um, it's French speaking, so there are lots of our community that speak French. Um, if you're a person who doesn't, it, it does. It, it's uh, it makes everything more difficult. Laura brings up a great point about how not speaking the language brings an element of friction into your ability to function in the day to day of living in Europe. It's not easy when you're trying to figure things out in a medical appointment, you don't have the vocabulary. Here's Alex again, sharing her experiences about not speaking the language. Yes, I've learned more French, but I'm not bilingual. And that is something that makes a huge difference. Um, my friends that come here that are bilingual, or people that I've met here that are, it's a different experience. It's not necessarily better or worse. It can be more smooth with communication, but it's been a very good experience for me to learn how to navigate through. When I asked Karen from Romania what was the biggest challenge she'd encountered on her several OutCam postings, this is what she had to say. And it's hurt to say one thing that really sticks out in your mind. Because here in Bucharest, most people speak English, which is great. Like when we were in Poland, no one spoke English. And they actually got really angry with people who did not speak Polish. It was, it's a lot easier here, language-wise, than Poland. But in Poland, I made so many more friends than I have here. And it, it's a trade-off. It's like, like I said, any posting, it's a trade-off. You're going to have your good, your bad, your ugly. You kind of put the ugly under the carpet and forget about it. Your expectations when you go on an OutCan posting, well, if you're anything like mine, can be completely unrealistic. You certainly don't think about days where nothing really seems to go your way, kind of like the one that Laura's describing here. Talk about what's, what's the lowest was the day that I um, was trying to find a doctor's appointment, but I kept calling the hospital and I can't speak enough French, and they kept hanging up on me. Um, and then I was parking my car and I was late, but I thought I had finally found the hospital on these street names and the GPS is shouting out names that I can't even understand, but I find the parking and then there's a parking meter and I can't figure out how to pay for a parking ticket because I can't understand the words and it just keeps spitting my card out. And the loveliest homeless man walked over and he helped me. 
and he put my card in and he pushed the button and he handed me the ticket and I burst into tears and I hugged the homeless man. (laughs) And then I walked into the hospital and I pulled a ticket and I waited in line and wiping my eyes just thinking, man, why is everything so hard right now? And I got into line and I realized I'm at the wrong bloody hospital. (laughs) And I got back in my car and I cried the whole way home and I couldn't explain it to anybody. Like, cause if you say it, it sounds so trivial, but it's not, it's every day for eight months having five of those experiences where everything is challenging and you don't know what to do. It takes it out of you. Oh yeah. I think we've all had those days where nothing seems to be easy or to go our way or to work out well. Uh, You know, that's happened anywhere, let alone uh, in Europe. The language seems to make things just that little bit harder sometimes. Here's Jen McCauley with some good advice. It would be patience. Have a lot of patience. Um, Things aren't always going to go smoothly. It's going to take about six months to really feel at home. You're gonna miss things from Canada and it's not gonna make sense. But after six months, nine months, it makes so much sense here. And then when you think about going back home to Canada, how it was before, the stuff that made sense before will no longer make sense. I don't know. I think understanding and having as part of your expectations, you're gonna have those hard days, (laughs) certainly will help you manage them and help you obtain the patience to dealing with them. Like Jen says, it just takes some time and it becomes your new normal. I would love to get your feedback uh, on the OutCan Experience podcast. You can get a hold of me by email at outcanx at gmail.com. So that's O-U-T-C-A-N-X at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your ideas, your thoughts, your complaints, your just general, your feedback on how we're doing and maybe some ideas for the future. If you have a story you'd like to share with us about your can experience, I would love to hear from you. Again, just get a hold of me by email and uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Patience certainly helps when you're trying to deal with those tough days when nothing seems to be going your way. But also having somebody to talk to about it, somebody who understands or share, you can share or vent or get it all off your chest with, that certainly is something that can help you get over those long days. Here's how some folks and how they manage their support networks. It makes all the difference and, and definitely our uh, our support network here is our friends and mostly our Canadian community has become like a family. Like we all would do anything for one another and we, you know, pick up if someone else is having a hard go, that kind of thing. Um, So friendship becomes something different here and it's very important. And and I believe our community here is something I haven't experienced before in a positive way. Like I've never seen such a close-knit community as we have here. Here's Kim talking about the support that she gets from friends and from family. I've moved so many times. I remember the first move I did to Petawawa, I did not create a support system. It kind of created itself for me. I was quite lonely and and struggling that first move. And then every subsequent move, I've realized that, yes, I'm only going to see these people for a few years, you know, two years, could be three years, four years, who knows. Um, But I'm still going to grow a friendship or grow a relationship. Um, So that's 
moving however many times I have. Um, I also call my family all the time, FaceTime, you know, all the time and, you know, lament here and there and they lament to me and then, you know, I've really relied a lot on my family. And here's Jen talking about what it was like for her being single, being the only junior officer in the Canadian contingent and how she created a network. Uh, eventually I did meet some junior officers from other countries and we kind of had a little bit of a junior officers association. Um, so we did, you know, create our own events and, uh, do our own, you know, pub nights. We did beach volleyball, like things like this to just try to bring us together because we found that, you know, for example, my uh, German friend, you know, was the only junior officer in the German contingent at the NMR's office. And I was the only one really junior officer wise with the Canadian contingent. And there was a lot of just onesies. A big thing I didn't expect was how much I would miss working every day, (laughs) which if you had asked me before we left, I would have said, I'm so looking forward to just being able to sleep in and not have to go into work and it's going to be great. And it is great, but I really miss working. (laughs) Here's Jen McCauley sharing her experience getting a job here myself. Um, the first year that I was here, my son, he was in the local school, but I was a stay-at-home mom with my daughter, and I didn't get out much. I was content, I was happy, but I didn't realize how much of the social interaction I missed until I actually started working. So I was happy to come into work. I was actually thrilled to come into work and work hours because I got to interact with people that I didn't know I was actually missing by staying at home with my children. Another way of managing those expectations and learning about the differences between cultures is to get involved in local events. One of the big local events, one of the biggest local events in our region is Le Doudou or Le Ducasse de Mons. And that is a week-long celebration festival party with outdoor concerts and bands and celebrating Saint Wadru, who is the local patron saint of the city of Mons. But the most and biggest thing, the climax of the event, is the Battle of Saint George versus the Dragon, which is held in an arena in the Grand Place in downtown Mons. Here's Max describing what it was like to be a part of a team that battled Le Doudou. I have always a good interest in uh seen and live uh, stuff that uh, you know local do and uh, especially this one it's part of the unesco it's a it's, it's a tradition i mean this uh, celebration is one of the most important uh, festival or activity for the local the Mont, uh, the people from mons and as uh, soon as you begin to meet people from mons they they are always talking about that. And I just found it interesting in the first place, slowly learning about it and everything. At the first place, for sure, it seems really crazy when you look at it from the outside. It, you don't, it doesn't make any sense. This. So this festival really, I watched it last year and it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But there's a really good website that explains it all from the city of Moss. Um, so Max was on one of these teams that was fighting the dragon in the arena in the Grand Place. And uh, here's uh, how he describes his team getting ready. If you are part of a team, you begin at 10 in the morning-ish, 
you go in a little bar and you, you start drinking and you are singing there's a lot of singing like I asked them okay uh, what we will be singing can I have the the the, the word well because I won't I, I wouldn't know uh, what to sing and everything but um, You sing so many times, and you at the end you know the song like it's really catchy, and those uh, songs are really nice, uh, really entertaining, and uh, and when you sing it, I have some video. Là, there's something about that. Everybody's singing as loud as they can, and it's just an energy là, that is just out of this world. Là. Like I remember when we were going slowly towards the Grand Place for the actual fight, people in the street were actually filming us. And we were dancing, moving together. With, I saw with, it. it was crazy. Yes, yes, and singing like that—it's first announcing yourself that you're coming because, like you said, there's a lot of people. So when, but and when you are there, saying loud and everything, people just give you a pat. And so these teams come together and they go out into the street and they make their way and they're singing and they're dancing and they're 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 shouting and they're getting really 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 riled up and then they go into the grand place and it's packed it's shoulder to shoulder max was saying he had to keep his hands up above his head because if you put them down by your your sides you couldn't get them back up it was that tight there was that many people the whole purpose that the teams are working together towards is to grab the hunks of hair off the tail of the dragon that is swung and slammed down into the crowd from the arena. Uh, here's, he goes on to explain. There are thousands of people. Like mm. you're on a team, right? Yeah, yeah, we are on a team around 30%, 20-30. Okay, and you all wore the same t-shirts yes. and stuff like that, and you were helping each other out? or Yes, 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 trying oh. to help each other out because it's way better with a team. You can work as a team your way through the, the actual like, edge of the arena. Right. That's where you can really grab even better stuff than just the tail, the, the, the hair. So you can grab everything from all the actors that oh, are Oh, okay. The so they're, they're, you're going after the, not just the, the tail of the dragon, but everybody who's in that thing yeah. has got yeah. a prize associated with yes. it. Yes, yeah. so if you can, because every actor has something to, to give. So once the team gets into the square, Max and his guys and I, I watched this safely from someone's living room on TV because it was insane in that square. And uh, Max had, and the rest of the people in the square, they had the tail of the dragon, which is a seven meter long metal pole, slam into the crowd. And then they all tried to grab hair off the dragon's tail. And if you got hair, you were like super successful. I was exhausted, dying, and oh, all yeah. this and all that. So I decided to myself, okay, you know what? I'm done here. I think I'm done. So I just put myself up on the crowd. I did some body surfing, and they pulled me in the arena. So I fell down on my side on the arena. And okay, now I'm in the arena with all the actors, and I, oh, when I'm going, so... And they, it's happening. I mean, I'm not the only one doing that. It's, it's, but police come to me, escort me outside you know, all with a good good vibe and all this. And at the end, at the exit point, the mayor is there, all the, the deputy, and they give you hair, shake your hand. So, and it's like a, you're walking from, uh, and when you go back, people are looking at you, oh yeah, and you give hair back, and it's really something like. So Max's participation in this 
great cultural event in Mons wasn't only just something that helped him integrate into the larger Belgian culture and community, but also he was able to get tickets and able to enable other people to participate and be safely spectating all of these things. So Max really uh, is a good example of how to fit into a new environment by fully participating in its events. That wraps it up for this episode of the OutCan Experience, where we talked about where expectations meet reality. You know, everybody's going to have those low days. You have them whether you're in Canada or outside, but sometimes those little frictions and those little things can all add up and just make everyday living a little bit harder than what you're used to. You know, that's when those support networks and being able to talk to people or getting involved with the local culture so you can better understand it can really help out. So I hope uh, you'll join us again for another episode of the OutCan Experience. The OutCan Experience is hosted and produced by Anne Reifenstein. I just wanted to say thanks to Laura Jamont, Alex McDonald with her son Nate, Jen McGregor, Jen McCauley, Kim Eslar, and Maxime Savoie-Chenard for sharing their experiences out, Can Without your help and without your time, I really can't make this podcast happen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would love for you to rate this on wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, the more ratings it gets, the more people that listen. And please feel free to share this with as widely an audience as you think would be interested. Thanks so much. Don't forget to rate us. The theme music for the OutCan experience is provided by Kevin McLeod under Creative Commons licensing.